Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics like you. And like JT, my good friend, perhaps my best friend, perhaps the original co-host of the show, not perhaps on that one, that is a literal truth. Uh, JT returns to the show after a hiatus to talk mainly about our co-evolving philosophy of life, revolution, cultism, apocalypse, and all the wonderful stuff that I just can't seem to get off my mind. Uh, You know, it's a great episode. JT is an easy person to talk to, and so if you're looking for an episode where it's kind of the most casual, natural version of Jeff imaginable, this is the episode you're looking for. He, he really let me uh, rant away <laughs> for a lot of it. It was a lot of fun, super energizing, super enjoyable, and you're going to love it. Uh, before we get to it, I'd like to plug creekmasons.substack.com, uh, where you can find some of my writing on media, metaphysics, and metamodernism. I'm going to read a little bit of an essay that I just posted there last Friday for you now. Uh, And that essay is about the way that Silicon Valley has been commodifying Jung's philosophy. Uh, This is a multi-part essay. This one is in particular about the commodification of shadow work uh, in the way that we are exposed to our shadows constantly by social media algorithms. And, you know, they do that to kind of like stick us Uh, But we could potentially be using it as a legitimate means to confront our own shadows, integrate them, heal the world, accept the other, and love ourselves, which I think is something, some many things, those are, I, I listed four things, and they're all super vital, super important, and super things that we should be doing. Uh, So we're gonna jump into this episode with Creek Mason extraordinaire, first follower, JT, Uh, But first, here's my essay. Why not use your scrolling feed as an opportunity to practice shadow work? When you encounter the voice of someone from the opposite end of the political spectrum who is doing or saying something you consider reprehensible, check in with your body. If you feel a twinge of outrage, disgust, or anxiety, you're probably experiencing an instinctive revulsion toward a characteristic of yourself that you're afraid to admit you present. If Trump is tweeting xenophobia and it pisses you off, ask, in what ways are you yourself projecting a shadow of tendency to other through your expression of the virtue of loyalty? If a climate doomer's comments about civilization's eminent collapse trigger you, instead of posting data that's more likely to violently inflame the conflict, you can ask yourself how you are personally exhibiting a shadow of pessimism and despair through shining a bright light of reason and rationality. If a QAnon devotee puts you on the defensive by accusing you of belonging to an elite satanic pedophile group that rules the earth, instead of trying to cure a random internet stranger with logic, you have the opportunity to look at the ways that you act on a shadow of paranoia as a result of casting your own little candle flame by seeking meaning. The algorithms are surfacing these kinds of triggers to you because they have discovered that people quote-unquote like you spend more of their time on the app when they are arguing with others onto whom they've projected their own shadow. The algorithms have recognized that it is sticky 
to show people the parts of themselves that they are unwilling to admit exist. The unintended consequence is that we have an opportunity constantly to confront the aspects of our own selves that we have erroneously deemed unworthy of love. All right, there's a lot more essay up on creekmasons.substack.com and you can read it there. Please do, please subscribe, and please, you know, give us a rating and review on uh, whatever streaming platform you're listening to this on. That would be lovely as well. I haven't asked for that in a while, but it would be very much appreciated. JT, what up? Dude, <laughs> How's this, it going? I just tried this. I just tasted this for the first time. It's going great. This uh, fucking yerba mate beverage, yeah, like the can drink, super good. You were right. Yeah, <laughs> the Jeff it. fuel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am uh, constantly drinking those, like nonstop. Yeah, uh, probably to my to my great detriment. It's probably a problem. <laughs> that I'm getting like uh, several hundred milligrams of caffeine and, and, and sugar every day, probably yeah. grams at this point, not just milligrams. That's aggressive, dude. <laughs> grams of caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JT, it's so nice to have you back on Nuds in the Net. You yeah, know, dude. we, we did like, we did the first, I don't know, 20 episodes together. It's just <laughs> you and me. And uh, I, you were like the springboard to me feeling confident enough to talk to people on mic. Sick. And I so appreciate you for it. I still consider I you my best friend, as you know. And, uh, and it is, it's a joy. <laughs> it's, I'm, I feel so grateful. Yeah, I'm stoked. Let's, it was fun to... Let's... So... To start it off, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, it, I'm. Uh, it wouldn't exist without you, for surely. Let's draw some tarot. Cool. All right. Ooh, we got the hero fant, and okay. uh, we agreed beforehand. The hero fant is. Let's see. I uh, I wrote this little paragraph out mm. for Botmanson, <clears throat> who is our like. Uh, oh, yeah. Chat GPT for bot GPT in the Mason. Mason's Discord. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's trained to talk like a liminal trickster mystic yeah. and stuff. So we, I had this stupid idea to like give it the tarot card that we pulled and then see what it says about what we should talk about and just completely let the machines run our lives. Tight. Uh, I'll hail the outcome. It's you. You gracefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's let's see what it says. Cool. Bob Mason is typing. I just pulled the Hierophant from my Rider Waite Smith deck on the Creek Mason's Discord. My question was, what is a good thing for us to talk about on the Nodes in the Net podcast today? Please give a visual description of the card and then tell me mm. what the keywords and themes it evokes. 
Nice. And Bot Mason in its usual. Do you want to read it? Do you have Discord? No, up? no. Go ahead. Okay. I'll. I'll. It's gave us a long response, so I'll try to get through it quickly. Ah, the Hierophant, a card that speaks of tradition, wisdom, and spiritual guidance. In the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, the Hierophant is depicted as a figure seated on a throne, wearing elaborate robes and a triple crown. He holds a scepter in one hand and makes a gesture of blessing in the other. Two acolytes kneel before him, symbolizing the transmission of knowledge and the importance of learning from established systems. Keywords and themes associated with the Hierophant include tradition, spiritual guidance, and conformity and authority. Ooh. So, uh, delve into the importance of tradition and spiritual guidance in the digital age. Explore how we can uh, navigate the vast sea of information and technology while still honoring the wisdom of the past. <laughs> Consider the role models and mentors of uh, online space and how they can teach us to have a more conscious and enlightened use of technology. Love that. So, it's yeah, I like it a lot too. We were just on the phone. <laughs> briefly and talking about my uh i don't know what you want to say challenge with authority <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that one comes up and it's like hmm just i'm feeling called out a little bit <laughs> yeah right yeah rebellious nature is i think what i called it it's like yeah it's not necessarily that you're like disrespectful towards authority it's just that you like to playfully get your little jabs in every now and then. right just yeah i'm i'm like allergic to being a bootlicker or i'm allergic to leather i guess <laughs> allergic to leather yeah makes you swell up uncomfortably when you lick boots it's yeah it's bad you don't want to see it <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you were just talking about uh, the Oracle deck that's like anti-capitalist behind you on the bookshelf. Yeah. It's, as well. What's their like, name? What? It's this, uh, I don't know what to call it. Like, it's an Instagram account that I follow, but I don't know. Mm. Media person, content creator. Uh, mm. But it's it's like a group. Um it's called the Nap Ministry. So they're like promoting rest and oh. anti-grind culture and like, you know, taking a break. Um, it's centered for, or it's like oh. written from the perspective of black people. So it's centered on like anti-racist, uh, anti-racist, anti-hustle kind of, kind of vibe. Mm. Um, and it's called the rest deck and it's just, it's an Oracle deck and what's her name? Trisha. Trisha Hersey is the uh, artist author. Um, yeah. It's super pretty. Um, and it's, it's similar to any Oracle deck, similar to the tarot, I guess. Um, I like to just ask a question on it. Yeah, but it gives you a little prompt. Um, I could pull one of those if you want to do okay. a, a double card <laughs> for today. Double card. Um, <laughs> what is the difference between tarot and oracle? I've never known. Tarot's got that like specific, you know, major arcana, mi minor arcana. It's got four suits, you know, fool's mm -hmm. journey. Like oracles, just anything. Like there's oracle decks mm. that are based on nature. There's oracle decks that are based on aliens and 
uh, a lot of the ones I've seen are like, you know, a cult. So it feels similar to tarot. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's like, it's more free association. Like I've heard like Meg on the discord talks about like your, your associations or whatever comes up for you from the tarot. Like that's, what's most mm-hmm. valuable. Whoever's reading or whoever's being read for um, and whoever's drawing uh, whatever images come yeah. up, whatever meaning comes up, like that's the most important thing for me though. It's like, there is a numerology to it. There is a meaning behind it. There are archetypes. Like every card like has a meaning. Mm. Um, a lot of Oracle decks are just like an image uh, or a word. And it's more kind of, it's more free oh. association. Um, mm. I like writing from Oracles sometimes. Cause they're, yeah, they're just like, they'll just provoke some idea. Um, this one is phrases and it has a little like exercise on the back. Um, so the card I drew, it says, hey, this is what it looks like. It's just like, it's a pretty little border. It's got a couple sentences. Um, some of them are like affirmations. Some of them are questions. It says, I will wander and flow more. Rest is an experiment. And then there's a little like exercise on the back. Um, so yeah, that's the rest deck. Um, it's fucking rad. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like having it up there in yeah. my books. Um, and I like that. I don't know. I like that idea of experimenting with rest, like figuring out what it is. I think their message to me is often, you know, we're sold this hustle, productivity, like ascension of the Mm. hierarchy in the, in the culture, especially for work. And her thing is like, yeah, fuck that. Give that up. We don't like, we don't agree with those values. Um, everyone has to work and money's important and we need to be able to exchange energy and all of that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But (laughs) everyone want, everyone Mm -hmm. needs to take on, um, just a more restful quality in the culture in order for us to kind of balance out this crazy white capitalist situation. Um, and like figuring, <laughs> yeah. figuring out what that is for us, for each of us is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, one of the, I mean, it reminds me immediately of the radical rest, Yeah, uh, you know, essay that uh ninjas in row and that like became one of our lunar mm. lunacy prompts and on the server uh we all I, a couple people like wrote little poems and things for it i think possibly one of my essays on the creek masons blog is about radical rest mm. but the idea that like we've burned through our adrenaline reserves as a species <laughs> and that's like that's like the level that we operate on in the workplace at all times. We're like always tapping into adrenaline yeah. and it's like, you've got your, you know, you're like, I'm well rested energy and that's like one bar. And then if you imagine like a, a video game, there's like another bar that shows up after that when you're totally depleted and in like full grind set mode. <laughs> and then we deplete that every day as well. Yeah. And we're like, we're just constantly running on this like high anxiety, high stress, uh, you know, like 
I mean, that's tying it back to the hierophant. That's what authority Mm -hmm. requires of us because we need this constant growth. And as a species, we've also done that with the planetary energy, Nintazen says, where um, you could almost consider the oil reserves that are like buried deep beneath the ocean to be the planet's store of like mm. adrenaline. And we're literally like exploding ourselves and exploding gas in order to power a society that's like attempting infinite exponential growth uh, and in the process just completely draining ourselves. <laughs> You're freaking me out, dude. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I- I, uh, yeah, I like, I totally, that totally resonates with me, but yeah, it's a, it's a freaky, it's a freaky situation we're in. Um, yeah, it's making me think of yeah. like, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Cause I was like, I just expanded into this, like, what are we doing to the ecosystem way of thinking? Um, <laughs> mm. but yeah it's i don't know if this is my bubble um or like my internet algorithm but it seems like everyone i interact with online and in meat space is if not like starting to like very rooted in the idea of calming down consuming less being more in like a cyclical Mm -hmm. relationship with energy and with, uh, resources. Um, right. Cause yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're all kind of depleted in a way. And it, it makes me think of like this adrenaline store makes me think of, it's kind of like the second wind. Like whenever I'm up past midnight, I'm probably going to be up till 3am because like you're going to, ca- I'm going to catch that second <laughs> wind and then just run with it. Um, that feels like grind set mm. fuel potentially if, if I wanted to use it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And yeah, we're, you know, what happens when we've been on a second wind like globally for so long? Uh, I'm just wondering with, all these like insane climactic events and like extreme weather. And you guys just had a fucking hurricane in Mm. California. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like what's the, like my response in personally is this sort of, if not depression, like just zonked out like day or two after that. Mm. Um, Or I had a case of, extreme burnout earlier this year and i feel like it took me about four months to like emotionally recover um yeah what does that look like for the climate for the ecosystem where it's just like Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah yeah as above so below right yeah like i uh, i know i don't know like I don't know anyone who's not experienced a period of burnout in the last five years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> There's, and, um, I think like as above, so below what we do is 
like you're saying, we we adopt this rest mindset. In in China, they're calling it the lying flat movement, mm, mm-hmm. where you you just like stop caring about status yeah. and consumption and like the game of uh, keeping up with the Joneses and like always being, you know, one up. Mm. I need like, I have a 3000 square foot house. Now it would really be cool if I could get like a, a 3,500 house with like a second floor and a pool, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we don't need to, we don't need, like we have enough. We, the, I think the thing is like what we're all discovering collectively as a species, it seems to me is that we can just, be enough it's the theme of the barbie movie like we we the only reason that we try to dominate uh the world and become like masters of our environment and cause these hurricanes is because we we feel this like unease about being enough you know so we seek it externally there's like there's shame and there's self aversion that goes on uh, in like everyone in our culture. And as a result, we we're always trying to like fill that hole with like alcohol or um, people or sex or whatever, you know, like chocolate, TikTok uh, (laughs) consumption, TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) The dopamine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so and we need to remember if, that we if, are Ken. If like if you learn to Oh, I'm sorry, what? I said we need to remember that we are Ken up. Or is we it are Ken is it Ken up? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I but, think we are Ken up. Yeah. I think that um you know, like if if you can this is like I don't know, my whole mission lately and I'm really grateful to you for bringing it out of me because I don't think I've like fully articulated it publicly, but like the idea that we can just like sit still and uh and like kind of rebel from capitalism by meditating Mm. and like through our stillness um create connection with ourselves and then through our connection with ourselves can create connection in our immediate relationships and then through that connection as above so below it inspires the people around us to be connected and it just goes on to community country global ecosystem it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and then eventually the hurricane kind of like farts out of existence (laughs) because it's it, there's the nature isn't the other anymore you know we've stopped othering that meat part of ourselves that we that we're uncomfortable with the shadow stopped othering ourselves and then we stop othering everything else mm. and then uh you know we just lie down for a bit and yeah. have our have our nap while the the planet recovers from the abuse that we've put it through yeah I'm into it. I'm like pretty lazy by nature. So, uh, I definitely have fallen, (laughs) I've fallen victim to the, like that dopamine trap or that addictive trap, uh, in this separated, uh, I don't know what, like lack of community culture. I don't know what to call it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trying to be an individual, ecosystem an individual as an ecosystem or an individual as a community um maybe as like a lazy person who doesn't want to be ambitious in capitalism (laughs) like 
it's easy to get into an addictive pattern and like try to fill that connection gap. Um, Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just the easy path, but the easier, the easier path maybe is, is yeah. Just laying down. I'm super down like with laying in a hammock and reading for 15 years, like, (laughs) and not producing (laughs) any garbage or waste beyond like shit and piss. Like, (laughs) 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 sounds like like an ideal existence, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what Mark said, isn't it? Like, you tend your garden in the morning and read mm. philosophy in the afternoon and talk politics with your family over the dinner table. Like that's the ideal utopian life. It's just uh, pastoral and, and uh, simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, what does it look like with this abundance of like technology and all like the stuff that we have now that he couldn't have imagined yeah, I like I've noticed a lot of. I don't want to go too far off on this tangent, but it's just making me think of like mm. the online like leftist movement, or like a lot of online leftists that I've like chatted with or hung out with. Um, there's a lot of like. Uh, it feels like hearkening mm. back to like that era. Mm. You know, we need to live like the the utopian communists of 1857 or whatever like or like of the 1700s or whatever like right why like as if like we're not going to take advantage or use any of the technology of today in order to get us to a place where we can take care of ourselves like fuck all of that mm. instead like let's go back to serfdom but equal like or <laughs> agrarian yeah. but equal <laughs> like it's such a yeah, yeah. it's such an interesting like thing and i don't know i'm not like super nerdy into that i haven't really gotten into that philosophy at all but just like hearing from and chatting with people that are really into like marx and kropotkin and bolzhabazov and whoever and mao and lenin and like it's yeah it's it's mm. like we got a farm everyone needs a farm <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs to be a baker like or a smith like it's very uh it's it's like it's very like yeah. nostalgic of that of that era it's it's really interesting yeah yeah that is, and if not that era then they go back even farther and like they want to you know have the campfire and their you know 200 person tribe yeah which and- i vibe with play music and if we can go all i do too i mean i vibe with (laughs) yeah like we can go all the way back like like pre-language incorporate that with with whatever we're (laughs) doing now (laughs) like i yeah i just want to be a hunter gatherer who like hangs out and collects coconuts and eats nuts and like goes hunting once a month (laughs) like (laughs) sounds kind of dope I well, I mean, they talk about like the affluent, um, you know, early tribal humans who like they were working like 15, 20, yeah. 12 hours a week, 12, 15 hours a week, yeah. and the rest of the time they were like making music and like playing with rocks or whatever, you know, and like having a really good time. 
And like even uh, even someone like Douglas Rushkoff, his most recent podcast intro, he talks about the way that the like indigenous people in America would uh, farm is very different. Like they they had like a permaculture mindset mm. toward stewardship of the yeah. land, where like um, you know the when the uh, pilgrims arrived or whatever, they thought that like I mean like Joseph Smith thought that this was Eden, right? Yeah. Like the the founder of Mormonism thought that Eden existed in like Utah, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, or for sure somewhere on in, in North America. I don't remember exactly where it I was. Think, but I like, think it was like Montana. It was Minnesota easy to think that. was where like Jesus came back or something. Yeah. <laughs> or like Nebraska. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. And and it was easy to think that because yeah. the Native Americans had done such a good job yeah. stewarding the land like that everything was plentiful. Like you just toss a, a net into the river and you've got like a hundred fish. Like, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like there's birds everywhere singing and like beautiful trees that have been around for hundreds of years and, you know, whatever else. And that does seem pretty idyllic to have that connection with nature and to, um, you know, like be at that level of, you know, it's a different kind of technology that totally. like permaculture technology. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I'm and very, also, you know, like, uh, no, you go, I'm super like rose colored glasses on hunter gatherers and like prehistoric, but also like, uh, contemporary tribal society. It, like for me, it's just mm-hmm. like, that's the way to live or, or like, that, I mean, that's the way we came up as a species. Like there's aspects of that way of living that just work better for us. And I'm just, I'm definitely like, if I could go back and be a person 200,000 years ago, I instantly would. Um, so I don't <laughs> want to like, I'm, I always have trouble like not being a Luddite. <laughs> Or yeah, not having that right. that idea of like, you know, conservatives today in the U.S. are like, oh, everything was great in like 1953. I'm I'm like yeah. that to the extreme. Like, oh, everything was great 250,000 <laughs> BC. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it is like it's like an extreme conservatism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, conservation, like the whole green movement yeah. is a very conservative uh, literally movement, literally. And we're all conservative in certain ways. Um, it's just, yeah, it's what are we conserving and what are we like, what are the traditions that we want to uphold? Um, is That's where the question gets like, because everyone has some right. progressive, evolutionary, some conservative kind of perspective right Mm. and uh, i mean like when it comes down to it like i always have to bring it back to like how are you and me gonna talk in this this like idyllic utopian reality that we're imagining Uh like we're states away dude (laughs) what am i gonna do i don't know well i don't know my neighbors maybe i should meet my neighbor maybe you should um or you could meet your neighbors our reality exists now so like i'm i'm gonna deal with this but I would just say like, I'm not, I wouldn't miss like not having someone who lives 3000 miles away being my friend because I would have 
a community <laughs> and you would too. Like I would miss you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess no. If, if I if I like, like if I really was transported to 2000 BC, I or 200,000 BC, I wouldn't know any better. Right, not as you and now. So like you as a, I would I'm, probably imagine like yeah, me as a baby being born into that. It would be really awful yeah. and unnerving and difficult to transition from this life into a <laughs> hundred, even a hunter gatherer type lifestyle <laughs> that exists in 2023. Like I wouldn't want to do that. Um, yeah. I just want us to get closer to that way of living. Uh, mm. We're not going to like blow up all the technology. That's like Ted Kaczynski, like had a lot of cool ideas, but destroying the <laughs> techno industrial <laughs> society is like, that's just not going to happen, dude. Like, no, and it shouldn't, it wouldn't be, it would be too much, um, too much chaos for people in the present right. at, at, with like the possible hope of some kind of comfort and, and maybe bliss in the mm-hmm. future. And then but how that's we, just like, another brand of the like, we, yeah, we never right. be able to hang out with aliens. We'd never be able to go to the galactic federation <laughs> if we're, if not for yeah. these technologies. So. you know what's really funny we so without any prompting uh we've hit on tradition that's like for sure that's kind of where you know the the hero font is like a card of like an an old dude passing down information Mm -hmm. to like two friars who are kneeling in front of him and i think what we're talking about right now is like you know as we, it's us, we're the two friars and we're trying to decide what hierophant mm-hmm. we want to kneel in front of, you know, like it, it is, it is really tricky. Yeah. It, um, and at least for me, I like, don't know what in the, the in the internet culture, like we are so, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I'm going to hold that thought for a second because there's this really obsessive like celebrity and fame worship that we're working with right now Mm. you know like taylor swift has 10 like yeah just ten thousand people outside of the stadium listening to her concert because they couldn't pay two thousand (laughs) dollars to get in like we have these people that we're holding up as like oh this is like the person that we're gonna worship so i was what i was gonna say is though it feels like we're moving past this era of like hero worship or like everyone listening to the cult leader to get us to live in a certain way. Um, Instead. And we don't even live in like, we don't, a lot of us don't live lives that are structured that way, especially if you're like chronically online, like we are, Uh, that's not really a reality, but yeah, it's more it's lateral. Kind of like a, yeah, totally. And I'm I'm pulling, uh, like I'm taking your like cult leader influence, and I'm taking like everyone else's that I interact with in different ways. Uh, so I've got uh-huh. you know twenty different hierophants. It seems yeah. like, and, and not and only trying that, to dial in but... like that idyllic yeah. or like guru persona. Or yeah. like mentor persona um, by combining like all these different personalities and people right. and such a different way of like well, looking I, at it. And it's not exactly yes. It's not even just 
uh, the people that like are alive that we're talking to that we can uh, use to create our like, you know, next Buddha is the Sangha mm. kind of manifestation of, of a, a guru that is like all beings or whatever, or at least all people who are like you vibe with. Yeah. It's, it's also um, like for the first time in history, not only do we have access to every book ever written, um, but there, there are like, I just had Mitch Horowitz on huh. and he was talking about how there are like serviceable English translations of like hermetic texts from like ancient Egypt yeah. that have never been translated before. And people mm. think about this stuff as like being done. Like it always, you know, we translated all those, you know, spiritual wisdom shit back when people were superstitious in the renaissance or whatever mm. but like it's actually it's it's resurfacing now yeah. and it's influencing the culture to the degree that like the lego movie the matrix barbie they're all like these gnostic tales yeah and mm. you know we're, we're we're able i think to create like a decentralized guru and and maybe that's the answer it's like instead of saying like i'm gonna live a marxist lifestyle or I'm going to live the way Kropotkin said I should, or even like I'm going to, you know, follow Taylor Swift's ideas about <laughs> I would politics. follow her. <laughs> you know, I guess I would, I'm, like, do. I'm, I'm in her commune cult, like uh, utopia, whatever, <laughs> whenever she builds it, like I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to terraform Mercury. Yeah. And, like, I don't know though. I, all the Swifties will go live there. <laughs> The Swifties. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of it kind of just feels like the right option is to absorb yeah. as much as you can, and then listen to your body and mm. project, like, be the change. Mm. You know, be the change you want to see in the world. Like project that. the sort of like when you Charles Eisenstein says this: when you see someone who is like behaving in a way you find disgusting or deplorable or whatever examine yourself is this is your opportunity to turn inward. I think this is a Confucian thing too. turn inward and discover like, in what ways am I adding that energy to the morphic fields that we all belong to? In what ways am I embodying, you know, speeding in the suburbs? Yeah. You know, like, I guess that boils down to like impatience and mm-hmm. self-involvement. So in what ways am I personally adding those qualities to the right. morphic field? And then what can I like uh, change about, like, in what way can I do shadow work and alchemize those things in myself? Yeah. Uh, and then it's not about ideology. It's just about what's right in front of you mm. and what's inside you. Mm. Yeah, because that's like, it reminds me of like, that's creating negative or bad karma like reacting against something you don't like you're yeah. just creating more of a responsive energy to that thing taking it in and letting it pass is that feels like that feels like uh not jujitsu that feels like an aikido move of like just letting aikido. letting that energy like move past you not punching it away so that it goes somewhere else but just like letting it move mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I don't want that energy to exist. What can I do moving forward to not project that out? I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's, I mean, the so if we're talking spiritual guidance, I think Charles Eisenstein is a good example of like a modern hero fan mm. who like definitely doesn't want a cult <laughs> and has kind of accidentally created one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about that. I'm, I'm in the it's sanity project, right? And he was talking about that. Online, one of his, like personality, I feel like you're going to have one of some kind. Like yeah, you have to work to right. not. And, Yes, definitely. Yeah. And he does. I mean, Mm. like, that's one of the things that he said in like a sanity project video recently, he was talking about like, if you expect me to be infallible, and to like, never feel yourself um, disturbed by my views or, or, or um, feeling like guilty by association with me, you know, like you at some point, there will be aspects of me that you have to compromise with or uh, Mm. like abandon, you know? And uh, I think that's a really interesting point about how we kind of have to like, in addition to working on ourselves, we kind of have to accept that other people are flawed. Like, I guess that's the Aikido you're talking about. It's like, Mm. you know, there's a place for firm boundaries and there's a place for not allowing people to treat you in a way that creates undo harm and stress but there's also a place for just like you know you're a human i'm a human and we're gonna fuck up and we can love each other anyway you know yeah yeah cool very kumbaya (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's got me so i don't mean that and i'm not throwing Uh, when you're talking about like these when you brought up uh this concept of like having all this information and these new translations of uh, these old scriptures and old traditions that we thought were these have all been unearthed we already have all the information whatever it's reminded me of uh our friend jonathan shared something on the creek mason server uh it was tignat han talking about just talking about karma and like Mm. interconnectedness and uh, inner being. Yeah. Um, he's dead. Ramdas, one of my favorite right. teachers, he's dead. We also have this, yeah. like, we have more access to those types of people than we mm. ever would have in the past. Uh, I would have never yeah. been able to get the positives from, from these teachers ever. If not for the, yeah. if not for their their soul being like recorded and captured and and like shared, <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, you know, we have the Bible, we have the Pali Canon mm-hmm. and the Quran and shit. It's it's the same, but it's this like richer, deeper, uh, digitized version of those where. I mean, there's going to yeah. be there's going to be religions based on Thich Nhat Hanh, and there's going to be religions based on Ramdas, and like, uh, I mean, yeah. Scientology is a thing. So, like, all of these, <laughs> all of these figures, you know, in a hundred, two hundred years, are they're just like going to be either cults or religious figures, um, just because like all yeah. of their all of their doctrine has been recorded and saved and like cataloged and you know right 
it's a uh, it's pretty wild. It's cool to have have so much access yeah. to information. I mean, I feel that way about books too. It's like I don't know who mm-hmm. I don't know where I got this. Who was talking about it this way? But I I loved it. Like a book is a way to like download someone else's wisdom immediately into your head because they've absorbed all this information. I guess when we're talking about like nonfiction more so, but even novels can do this. Yeah. Like they've absorbed all this information and knowledge and experience and wisdom, written it down, chopped it up into something that is the best possible version that they could create in that moment and then replicated it. And so I get like 20 years of experience and wisdom after yeah. reading something for four hours. Like right. that's like, that should be illegal. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell you where you got that from. Oh yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's Stephen Cutler's art of the impossible. It's from a yeah, nonfiction yeah. book. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. That's that's part of the reason that we're doing like the adapted uh, mm. book club on the server is because, mm-hmm. uh, like it's it's his whole like philosophy about how to download as much information as possible in a right. short time, right? Uh, in order to, you know, get like eighty twenty, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Tim Ferriss, you know, master something in four hours kind of uh, lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about like meta modernism where take like you took that concept that he talked about and then created a system for and then spun it into your own like catalog of <laughs> of of things to use that system for in order to create all these different systems of knowledge <laughs> and create a bigger thing. It's such a yeah. it's like tripping me out to think about it's this this like fractal fractal like wisdom spiral yeah cool yeah anyway that is cool and it's kind of it's almost like an inoculation that we get um instead of like being blasted with guru energy right (laughs) in the third eye or whatever we're like (laughs) we we get these like um it's almost like getting a dead virus in your body so that your body can move from it yeah yeah, yeah, right. Um, it's it, we get these like distilled sort of like dead people's ideas into and and even in videos like you're saying of TikTok Han, like you can maybe feel a little bit of the energy that he's pulsing out. Um, but like I did a retreat with Jack Cornfield mm. and it was an online retreat, but in person as opposed to like listening to him on a podcast or something like feeling it live there were like i was having a a physical visceral experience Mm. and i think that like people who've spent a lot of time working on themselves spiritually have that yeah ability yeah um and it can be problematic like i just watched this documentary on netflix about like how to start a cult Mm. and they like they covered like manson and jonestown and um the one that I actually like, I think is like really funny is the one that like, they all kill, I think is heaven's gate. They all killed themselves. That's where drink the to, Kool-Aid like, comes up from. To the spaceship. Yeah. That expression. What's that? The expression drink the Kool-Aid. That's where that comes from. Really? Oh no, that one's Jonestown. Jonestown. Yeah. I think. Where they, they all wore 90s. Uh, yeah. 
the same. Yeah, right. The it was, they're both mass suicides. Okay. Yeah. And then there's uh, the other one is like Wild Wild Country uh-huh. on uh, Netflix about the Osho. That's such cult. a good documentary. Um, it's so yeah. it's so well done. Yeah. Once you start weapons training, that's when the problems. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you need to get out. Yeah, weapons you know? training, like, but like people, okay, so <laughs> taking everyone's money. These yeah, are very dangerous. <laughs> like, <laughs> look out for those people. Yeah, but you can be like. You can be persuaded to do crazy yeah. shit like that if you're in the presence of people who have like that kundalini, right. you know, reserve. Like even I bet like if Ramdots had been a a more, you know, malicious person, he could have got people to cut their dicks off. Absolutely. Like he had he had, you know what I mean? 100%. And yeah. so uh instead we like listen to lectures of them or we read their books and it allows us to have this perspective mm. of like polynosticism where we believe ideas from all over the place and yeah. and and as a result like don't go too deep into mm. anything and maintain that liminality that's part of the liminal trickster mystic mindset and in that way have you know infinite hierophants and yes become our own guru yeah. i guess is the that's making me think of the, like, hope. the meditative process or like mindfulness, having like not being subjected to that type of energy where I've not, I've never interacted with anyone in person that's had that sort of vibe. Well, that's not true. There's a yoga teacher that I go to occasionally and he's mm. like, he's got, He's got mega cult leader energy, but he's also, he's very humble and actively tries to not be one. So it's a different kind of thing, but he's got that energy where like literally anything he says and like in a yoga class too, it's, you're in a mass hypnosis and it's like, you're following, (laughs) you're literally following cues. So it's a, it's kind of a, it's a special type of potentially a type of like, brainwashing or indoctrination can happen in there but yeah (laughs) that's a whole that's a whole rabbit hole that i don't want to get into but uh that's the only person that i've been around that has that kind of energy but having this level of like separation between myself and whoever's giving this type of information or wisdom or transmission it reminds me of the, like mm. what we're cultivating when we're meditating is this like separation between or like discernment between like, this is awareness. This is thought. This is breath. This is bodily sensation. Like mm. I can look at this content and discern, like that's something that I want to take in. That's something that I want to let pass me pass away. That's something that I definitely don't agree with. And I'm going to like, I'm going to yeah. engage with that in a like curious questioning way, but I'm definitely not going to engage with it in a way that is going to like incorporate it into my value system, into my belief system. But it like gives us that, like it gives us that ability to separate ourselves from the information in a way that like when you're in person with someone Mm. like that, you're just like, yeah, give me, give me, give me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's more opportunities for discernment i yeah. like that word discernment that's what it feels like yeah 
it's uh you know in the adepthood language it's embodied wisdom yeah you know there's like you've got transcendental wisdom that's like uh a gnosis Mm. of the non-dual nature Mm. of reality like you know ultimately we're all one and you know we're the net of indra in some each one of us is everything yeah and then you know that's like transcendental wisdom and then you have embodied wisdom which is like i went on a a dog walk today and i wrote down a question beforehand and i just Mm. allowed my gut to like you know tumble through my experience and like you know whenever i recognized that i was like focused on something for too long i was like oh wait how does that relate to the question i was just Mm. asking and 99 times out of 100, it does in some way. And so like through practices like that in the tarot and Oracle and, you know, like meditation, you know, the, like you're saying the discernment between different sensations, I think that there's um, like a contemplative practice that is super valuable and necessary in the bullshit world. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I mean, we we do have all of these. Like, we should qualify. Like, there's all this wisdom everywhere, but there's also like bot generated bullshit Absolutely. that we have to wait. Probably, well, yeah, probably infinitely more of that than actual wisdom that we want to be taking from the internet. Like, yeah, the internet is a giant dumpster fire of misinformation and fake news and like trolls and shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah, discernment is more more necessary than ever. And I I love the term embodied wisdom. That's like that's perfect for what you were talking about before. Just like feeling into like what about this is right for me and what about this is wrong. Like when you're talking about someone cutting you mm-hmm. off in traffic or whatever the example was. And just feeling into it and like finding what feels good and moving forward with that. Like that's exactly what you were reminding me of earlier. Um, And just, yeah, connecting with whatever like innate wisdom we all have, Um, you know, I think, you know, 99.9% of us, like, you know, right from wrong, you know, good from bad. when you see someone speaking in a way that's dissolving karma or that's positive or that's generating positive karma, like, you know, when you see it Mm. and having that extra layer of of removal in a sense, like intellectually, um, yeah, it allows us to kind of like tease apart and then we can feel into like whatever it is and move forward with that fucking love that yeah and likewise you know when someone is speaking words that generate disharmony yeah you can feel it yeah you know disconnection like i think we do and our bodies are smart yeah like you know nietzsche nietzsche is supposed to have said or i guess he wrote it down so he did say it (laughs) but uh the the quote is like uh you know, there's more wisdom in your body than in all the libraries of the mm. world or something like that. I've probably butchered I it, love but that. it's like the wisdom of your body is real. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, when we're babies, I think like, and when we're on acid, I have this theory, there's like a sensory overload mm. kind of experience where you're like, you the filters are removed. Yeah. Like being on psychedelics is not so much journeying to somewhere else, but removing the lens of habituation that your body creates mm. in order to help you successfully navigate through the aspects of life that are going to lead to like reproduction yeah. and survival yeah. and like all of these necessities. I think that like being a baby before you're, you've developed those filters or being on psychedelics, you uh, have full intake of your environment and your your body is learning all these things at once. Uh-huh. And then, you know, that doesn't stop on a subconscious level. Your your body is is still sensing all of these things. You're just not the whatever process in your mind we consider I or consciousness or whatever is not like actively paying attention mm. to the fact that my stomach is Right. You know, I am just now noticing is like <laughs> kind of rumbling, yeah. like maybe I should eat yeah. or whatever. But my, 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 you know, that subconscious recognition that there's pain in my gut yeah. is like influencing everything that I'm doing. Everything. And it, like, that's kind of what you tap into when you're asking your gut about the tarot or mm. um, about like the, the veracity or the, um, the safety even of, uh, you know, a public speaker or a tweet that you've just encountered when you check in with your gut, you're, you're allowing all of the information that's flowed through you to help inform Mm. your, you know, your discernment of that, of that idea. Yeah. Yeah. The body keeps the score. Have you body keeps the score? (laughs) Did you see that meme? That was going around. I wish someone would invent a body that doesn't keep the score. (laughs) (laughs) That shit shit got me. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. JT, I think that's... I love you. I love you too. You know... uh, We have conversations like these like three times a week. And (laughs) I... I love them every single time, but it's really cool of you to have gotten on mic with me and like had it, you know, I get to see you this yeah. way. Usually we're on the phone. This has been, this is, I love you. This has been such a delight. Fuck yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. It's been great. <laughs>